Lekuta Sicha is Chelek Tezayim, Parsha Tetzad Sicha Aleph, a summary of the Sicha. One of the Psukim about the Big Dekuhun is in our Parsha, which is, Vasisa Sami'ila Eifid, you shall make the robe for the Eifid. So the Pasuk there says, the neck, it, it slipped over the head, so there was an, an open neck, so the edge of the neck should be folded inward, like the like chain mail was made, which is a part of a suit of armor. So that uh, that's the example. So it will not tear. So Rashi says, what does it mean? It shouldn't tear. So first he says, so that it shouldn't tear. That's why it should be folded in so that it becomes a strong edge. And then he continues, and someone who tears it is over beloved violates a negative command so we have to understand about this Rashi the, these two explanations that Rashi gives are contradictory to each other if you say that is the explanation why it should be folded over in that way and edged in that way so then it takes it away from the meaning of being a lav it, you should not tear it and if it's a lav you should not tear it it would seem to take it away from the explanation of why is it folded over as just simply giving the reason why you need it to fold it over so that it shouldn't tear. In fact, the Gemara sets it up that way. The Gemara sees it that way. It's either this or that. And the Gemara argues about which way it's meant to be interpreted. But how does Rashi bring those two together? Now we look at the second part of that same Rashi. Shazem Miminya Lavan that this is uh, from the number, this goes into the count of the 365 lavim in the Torah. And so also, what it says earlier in this week's, in this parsha, that the chayshin should not move from the chest of Aaron, therefore it has to be tied down to the ephod, it has to be attached to the ephod so that it shouldn't move back and forth. And so also that it sh- the, the poles of the Oren should not be removed from the rings. They should always be connected to the Oren, not moved away. Which is said by the Oren. What he seems to be trying to say with this is that also in those two cases, by the Cheshen and by the Oren, it also is one of the, it's meant as a negative command that you shouldn't allow that to happen. But the question is, why does Rashi get involved in discussing the lavim, you know, how many lavim there are, and how does he see that in Pshutosh Mikra, that this is meant to be as one of the lavim of the Torah in all three cases? And in the, we also have to understand, Rashi over there by Velayizach and by the Badi Ya'orin doesn't explain anything at all. He doesn't explain that it means that why, that it's an explanation of why you have to make the uh, tie down the chayshin so that it shouldn't move, but that it's also counted as a lab. And the same also by the body Aaron that it explains, the Torah is explaining that you should insert it well so that they should not fall out of the rings. And at the same time, it's also a, a negative command. Rashi doesn't explain anything like that. He doesn't say anything over there. Here, he suddenly need, feels the need to explain that tearing the 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 neck of the meal would be considered a lav. First it's explanation, and then it's a lav. Why does he fe- suddenly feel the need? If he doesn't need to explain it there, why does he have to explain it here? So to explain, he, the reason Rashi doesn't address it by the lo and by lo is because 
Over there, it's, it becomes clearly obvious that it's not meant to be the reason why you should tie down the chayshin the, uh, and the same with the badim, but that it's meant to be a love. How do we know that? Because it doesn't say, so that it will not move. If it was meant to give a reason why you have to tie it down, it should have said, so that it should move. But it doesn't say that. It says, do not move it from the, uh, do not move the chayshin. So therefore, in those two cases, Rashi accepts simply that it is a lav, it's a prohibition, and that's self-understood, and he doesn't have to point it out. What happens over here? The word loyikareya is different than loyizach and loyasuru. It is written in such a way as a, a verb that is passive. Loyikareya means it shall not allowed to be moved. Torn, rather. And when it's written in that way, because the Torah writes it in that way, we find earlier that by a similar word, which is by the Pasuk that says, in regards to Yomtev, that no work shall be done on Yomtev. It doesn't say, do not do work on Yomtev. It says, no work shall be done. Similar to And Rashi says that the reason it's written that way is to teach us that no one is allowed to do malacha. It means you're not allowed to ask a guy, let's say, to do malacha for you. Because it shall not be done. Doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. No, no one should do it. So therefore, if we were to bring the same reasoning to the word lo what it would mean is, by lo means no one should be allowed to tear it. But since lo and lo were not written in that way, it would somehow leave us with the impression that it's okay for somebody else to move the uh, the chayshin, or for somebody else to move the the oren, which of course makes no sense in traditional mikra. So therefore, what is meant by loy yikareya? Why does the Torah change it to such a verb which is understood differently than loyizach and loyasuru? Therefore, Rashi says what it's teaching is that it's meant as an explanation so that it will not be torn. The Torah is explaining why you should double over and make it a, a reinforced collar. But since, as the Gemara says, then it should have said, so that it will not tear, not so therefore Rashi says, it also means, it also must mean therefore, that it's considered a lav as well. So therefore Rashi explains that it means both of them. So then the question becomes, if the Torah means to teach that there is a lav to tear the neckline of the mi'il, so then why does the Torah write it in such a way that you have to use all kinds of machinations in order to figure out that it's actually a lav? The only reason we know that it's a lav, because otherwise it should have said, And since it doesn't say that, we must deduce that it means a lav. If the Torah means to tell you, teach you a lav, it should say it clearly, it shouldn't allude to it and be vague about it therefore Rashi continues with the explanation because this is one of the number of lavim in the Torah what does Rashi mean to say by that Rashi doesn't say and this is one of the lavim of the Torah which would have made more sense he says because this is one of the lavim in the Torah what does he mean by that what he's trying to say is, the Torah here is not trying to tell you that this is prohibited to do. This is not where we learn 
that it's prohibited to tear the me'il. We know that from before already. We know that because it says, you shall make the garments of the Kayin l'kavid l'sofaris, for honor and for beauty. And if you tear the garment of the Kayin, that's not honor and beauty. So therefore we understand already that you're not allowed to tear the garment of the Kayin. What is the Torah trying to say here? The Torah is trying to set it up as a love. From that Pasuk, we would have known that it's prohibited, but we wouldn't know that it's an actual love. The Torah wants it to be considered a love. So it's not, it doesn't have to teach us that you're not allowed to do it here. It's just setting it up as a love, and therefore you could do it in a vague way as well, because it'll still be considered a love. But you could still ask the question, we find many places where the Torah repeats a certain prohibition a number of times, so that it will be considered too lavin. So that it's, and over there too it's written clearly, it's not written vaguely. So why here doesn't it have to be written clearly? And the answer to that is that the reason the Torah sets, makes something into two lavin because he wants us to understand that it's a very serious violation, that it's not even one lav that you're violating, it's two lavin. So that the purpose is to warn us off, to make it easier for us to refrain from doing that kind of an avera. But over here, Rashi says that what the Torah is trying to do is, it's just trying to set it up as a love, because the Torah wants it to be considered as one of the 365 mitzvahs of the Torah. It's not here to tell you that this is a very serious problem. You know already that you're not allowed to do it. It's just setting it up as a laugh in the Torah, and therefore it's not necessary for it to be clearly stated because it's something that we already know. This, the only function of this pasuk is to make it into a laugh. But Rashi is bothered by the fact: why is it suddenly the Torah wants to make it into a laugh? This is the only place that we find this. No, it's not the only place that we find it at all. The same is true also by Yizach, The same is true also by. The only reason they're written in that way is so that to make it into a law, because for some reason the Torah wants to have three of the lavim of the of the 365 lavim to be associated with the Mishkan. These issues in the Mishkan. We don't know why, but that seems to be what the Torah wants to do. So that explains the Rashi. To understand it from a, from a deeper sense, the deeper sense of this Rashi, you could ask the question. Why does Rashi, in, in the two proofs that he brings from Velayizach and Velayasuru, he starts with Velayizach about the Chayshin, which comes later in the Torah than the Badeya Oren. Why does he reverse the order by quoting the second one first and the first one second? And he also adds the word Vechein. The same is true for Loyizach, and the same is also true for the uh, Loyasuru. Why didn't he just say one time? The same is also true about the Loyizach and the Badiyar. So to explain, Rashi is going from step to step, from the most understood prohibition to the one which we understand less. That you're not allowed to tear the Me'il is quite understood. You're not allowed to tear the garments of a Kayan. That is a very logical and obvious prohibition. But when it comes to Velayizach, you're not allowed to allow the Chayshin to move around on the chest of the Kayin Gadol. What is, why is that such a horrible thing? It doesn't, it doesn't, not at all similar to not tearing the garment of the Kayin Gadol. Yes, it's not exactly where it should be, but it's not the same as tearing. So therefore he says, and the same is also true about that Loyizach that it's also a love, even though it doesn't seem to be as serious. 
But even there we can understand because it says that it shouldn't, it shouldn't that the purpose of the Cheshen is so that Aaron will carry the names of the Jewish people which were engraved onto the Cheshen on his heart to bring their memory before Hashem at all times. So you understand if you move it away from where it should be that diminishes in keeping the memory of the Jewish people alive in Hashem's eyes on a constant basis. But when it comes to the uh, to the mitzvah that the the badei aron, the the poles of the aron shouldn't be moved from the aron. We we begin to question what's the reason for that altogether? Why shouldn't it be removed? You would think that since the poles are only there in order to be able to carry the aron when it needs to be moved from one place to the other, but when it's sitting in the kodesh gadoshim, why does it need poles? You would think that you should remove the poles at that time. So Rashi says, even over there, it's considered a love, even though we don't understand what the reason is. What's Taka the reason that you're not allowed to remove the poles? So the Chinuch says, the reason is so that if you have to move the Oren quickly, you have to run and move it, so you shouldn't have to start searching for poles, and then who knows if you're going to find the right ones, you'll find thinner ones, weaker ones, ones that don't fit well, so it should always be ready to go, to move where it needs to go. From this, the Rebbe takes an amazing lesson that the Oren is the place of Torah of course, so if there is a Yid that considers himself a Yid of Torah, he's busy learning Torah that's his preoccupation why should he be thinking at the time that he's studying Torah about Jews that are found elsewhere and that he might have to be able to help them to bring Torah to them, he's busy now learning Torah in the Kedosh Gadashim, in the Holy of Holies he has to be thinking about them, so the Oren the, the Badei Oren teach, yes even when you're in the Kedosh Gadashim you have to be thinking about moving the Aaron quickly wherever it has to go. Even when you're busy in the Kedosh Gadoshim, you always have to be ready to move the Torah, to move with the Torah to a Jew that might need you at a moment's notice.